chest here, just let the bucket go by, absolutely fine. Um, there's no pressure to give or anything like that. Um, continue, uh, thank you for our commitment to giving into the life of the church. And um, just want to quickly say, we do something called, um, does anyone remember the St. Leonard's Community Group that was around for quite a while ago? Um, that has carried on and, and is still in existence, but we've changed its name to Community Plus. And Community Plus is still doing an amazing job in, into the heart of Central St. Leonard's and St. Leonard's area and different things around there. They do Craft Plus and, and all sorts of things. And I'm just really grateful, really, for all that we do and give into the life of the church. Let's be able to go and carry on to do projects and stuff. I don't think Pete and Fiona are here this morning, but they've done an amazing job heading it up. Just want to honour those guys, really, while they're not here. So don't tell them that we love them. We, uh, but maybe give them a nudge and say, well done, good and faithful servant, or something like that. But uh, we're really grateful for those guys and um, love some of the stuff that, that they're getting out there to do, and, um, which is really helpful. Um, stewards, if you wouldn't mind uh, sending the offering buckets round, just as the offering's going round. Um, obviously, wanted to make you kind of aware at some point this morning, um, coronavirus, and it'll be, it'll be, uh, it wouldn't be right if we didn't mention or say something about that this morning. I'm sure we've all picked up the latest on the media and on the news and different things. And just want you to know that as a church, we are obviously hot on what the NHS is saying, what the government is saying about how we handle what's going on. We're still okay to get together today um, in the size that we are, but we obviously we'll see how that goes. But also, just to kind of, I'd love to kind of just share a bit pastorally. Is that all right? Because um, obviously, like we're seeing on the news, different things, there's, a, there's certain elements of panic going on and panic buying, and people are unsure. We've never really been, I've never really been in a situation like this. And so it's all new for a lot of people. And so a lot of us don't quite know what to do, how we do it, how we handle it, and that kind of stuff. And I think that's perfectly normal. But we also, as Christians, we have a God that has spoken. And what he said in Philippians 4, is, and different things like this, rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about in anything, but in prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and it will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. So I just want to encourage us, grab hold of the bits of the Bible that's truth and begin to pray it, begin to put it into practice, begin to grab hold of some of these promises that we have. Because they're real, and they, I don't know if it's right to say they work, but they're real, and they're so helpful. And as a community of people as well, look out for each other, look out for the people in your connect groups, look out for your neighbours who might not be part of church. Okay, there's always already ideas out there about kind of stick a card through your neighbour's door, let them know your name, let them know where you live, let them know the phone number, and if they're self-isolating, and they've got no one to get any food, and you're okay to go and get it, what a great idea. Okay, these things are already being expressed across different areas of the country. And as a church, let's, let's show family to each other. Okay? Stay in touch with people. Look out for each other. If you haven't seen anyone around for a bit, then um, get in touch and make sure they're all right. Okay? And if you're in a place where you need to self-isolate and you, you've got no help around you, that kind of stuff, get in touch. Okay? You're not on your own. All right? You're not on your own on it. Is that all right?
Okay. We have a couple of really good-looking people coming up to speak to us now. And get yourself comfortable. And um, one of the good-looking people is to my right. He's here. The next per good-looking person is going to be to my left. <laughs> Comedy. At its finest. Dear me. So... We're going to do things a little bit different this morning. Um, instead of just having myself or Paul or someone else from the leadership team or part of the members of the church come up and just do a preach for half an hour, we thought, actually, we're going to have a conversation. And our heart is that, actually, today you will join us on this conversation as we talk about all things church, as we look, I guess, at the area of what does it actually mean to be church so it's great to look back on the last several decades of, and all the wealth of what we've had as a church here at Hastings, and even thinking about this kind of relaunch or this morning meeting and where we want church to go. But it's really important that we keep looking at the Bible. What does the Bible describe as church? What is, because the Bible very much is the blueprint of what church should look like. So you'll know if you go around Hastings even, there'll be lots of different uh, expressions of church and Christianity. What we need to make sure we keep doing is going back to the Bible and looking at what is the blueprint of what church really looks like. So what we're going to do, we're going to look at three different areas. Okay, we're going to look at being family, being transformed, and being caught up on the adventure. Or you know when Jesus said, follow me, that kind of stuff. We prepared a few notes. You can tell the generational gap between the iPad and the paper. And um, we haven't rehearsed this, okay, but we have obviously made a few notes. We, we want to get some stuff across, okay? It, it could go terribly wrong. It could, it could, but that's all right, <laughs> okay. And um, our prayer as we chat through some of these things, we would love to provoke us all together as a body to look at who we're going to become, who are we, and how we go forward. Good. Shall I pray? Lord, I just want to thank you so much that you're here. Uh, I'll just, we just want to give this next kind of 25, 30 minutes to you. And, and ultimately, we want you and we want your word to shape the direction of where we're going as a people. That's what we want. And Lord, just as we've just been talking about coronavirus as well, Lord, we just say, would you be on every member of our congregation and those that look in on us? We pray for your protection. Uh, we pray for real wisdom uh, on the government. We pray for wisdom on the local authorities. And we just say, God, would you have your hands on us? Would you bring us peace? Lord, we don't want to fall into fear and anxiety, but we just say, would you give us peace? Would you help this? Even these things that we talk about today about being family, Lord, I pray, would this be a great demonstration of your church in these situations, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Amen. the first thing we're going to look at is family. And so, Alid. Yes, Paul. Hi. Alid, what does, uh, well, like, spend a few minutes talking about, like, what family means to you in, in the context of church, or, or different contexts, but really like in the context of local church, what does family mean to you? Yeah, so I was thinking about this week, I think the first thing to say is it's true, we are family. So I once, I once chatted to someone who said basically like, man, we're just trying to manufacture something that isn't there. Let me just tell you, family is one of the central elements of the gospel. It's one of the central elements of the gospel. So we're not trying to manufacture something. The question isn't, are we family? The question is, what should that family look like? Um, what does it look like to be part of God's um, family? So um, if you see church as just a meeting or just as a building, somewhere that you can go, um, then I think you're actually missing out on the richness of what the gospel is, which is actually you are connected, we are connected. So you can't sing about God being father without talking to me as a brother. <laughs> Sorry about that. But that's what it is. We're family. So that's, that's the first thing we are. 
So I think, well, what should this family look like? And I just put a couple of things as I was thinking this week. I think the first thing is this, welcoming. I think we should be the most welcoming community that there is out there. And I think the reason we can be so welcoming is because we have been welcomed by God. Because we've got full access to come into the throne room of grace and we've been invited into this family. So therefore, when we're talking about being in the context of the community, actually we should be a really welcoming uh, community. In Isaiah 55, it talks about, this is what God says, he says, come everyone who thirsts. And that really should be our motto. Ultimately, you come as you are. We're not looking for people to be ready-made products or there. Actually, we're just saying, come as you are. You are very welcome here. We've got something to contribute to you. And somehow Jesus attracted the kind of people who would often, if I'm honest, run a mile away from church, wouldn't he? He would so often attract those people that actually in today's society would often run away from religion church. We need to model what Jesus is like in terms of making ourselves open and able for them to come. I think the second thing for me is unity and love. So love should be central. So everyone is different. So as we have all these people, we're welcoming everyone comes along. Everyone's different. Some of us are a little bit odd. But actually, I can't think of many other contexts that we would be together in this way. You might go to a football match. You might do that stuff. But actually, there is something that has drawn us together in a way which would not happen in any other context or family. So there's something of a unity. And I love in Acts 2, it says this thing. It says that they had, it's talking about the early church, all right? So a blueprint, it says that they had all things in common. And I find that fascinating. It doesn't mean they had the same hobbies. It doesn't mean that they loved doing the same things. It doesn't mean they had the same background, the same expression of life. Actually, it says though, regardless of all those things, they had all things in common because they had Christ. And that's the thing that actually can bring unity to us as a congregation as we're moving forward is, yeah, we're family, and we can have unity in that family. Why? Because of Jesus Christ has made those that were outside of the family, brought them right in. So that's the second thing that I thought. So what unifies us is Christ. And also Jesus says, this is how people will know that you're my disciples by the way we love one another. We've got to be so careful that we don't allow the world to shape the way that we respond and act to one another Actually, Christ in our heart, it allows us to love one another and encourage one another in a way which the outside world says, wow, there is a representation of what family should look like. Yeah? So in a society where actually a lot of broken relationships and things, actually I could look at the church and say that is love in operation. And just the last thing that I put here is serving the needs of others. Um, So a meeting is something you go to, a family is something you belong in. And actually, so when you're part of a family, it's not about, oh, I just go to church. No, I'm going to meet with my family. So actually, there's something of a serving one another. So in our house, sometimes we say to the girls, right, can you go and get the knives and forks out of the drawer, lay the table, someone else will maybe serve dinner. Some, sometimes Maya makes a right on mess doing washing up, but that's fine. She's chipping in. And that's what it's like when it's family, isn't it? You don't go to a restaurant to pay a meal. No, actually, we're all in this together and we serve um, one another. So there's just a few things, I think, in terms of the context of being family. A few years ago, I, I broke my back, um, and I was having a conversation with our, my neighbour, and she said, do you want us to come around and bring some meals? And I said, actually, there's a load of people from my church, and they're basically bringing meals every, week, every day for two weeks. And she said, that's amazing. Well, can we come around and do some cleaning or do this and the other? And basically, everything she offered, it was like, actually, there's someone from King's coming to do that. And then Billy, my neighbour, he said, can I come around and do your lawn? 
To which I said, oh, actually, my friend Mervyn has offered to come around and do that for the next two months. And Ashley was like, your church is amazing. And I was like, yes, it is. And that's what it shows to the world around us when we're family. Anyway, bit of waffle, but... I think I've seen Mervyn here this morning. Um, book the next two weeks out, mate. Uh, come around <laughs> mine. The grass is a bit long. Um, so for me, just, 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 I don't know if this helps, just to add something in. When I was thinking about the question, just, just for a minute, it was kind of like, for me, family, like, names are really important. And so I'm an Edworthy, from the Edworthy clan. And, um, and that speaks something, and there's a history, and that kind of stuff. And um, it might be, so family exists in lots of different areas, and each, most of them have names. So I'm an Edworthy, it exists there. It could be a cousin's, it could be whatever. It could also be a club over here. You could be part of the knitting club, or the running club, or something. And actually, these are all kind of different, they're kind of different expressions of family, and they kind of work to some degree. But for me, the family name of church is in Christ. And so you've got this in Christ flow through everything that we should do. And that makes him central. That makes him the heartbeat of who we are, the reason why we get together, the reason why we do it. But also, the, his, it's almost like his work in us flows in us as well. And that is such a central heartbeat of who we are as 10 o'clock Hastings. It's our surname in Christ. In Christ. And we welcome everyone. Okay? But for those that are in Christ, it's the family of God, the body of Christ, different pictures, different images, but that in Christ for me is what makes the difference between us and my running club or us and the knitting club or something. It's very powerful, very tangible, and sometimes we can kind of not realise how tangible it is because we get familiar with it. Me and Ros want to say, I've said this before, but we've been around three and a half years now, and I think this is one of the most welcoming churches we've been a part of. Yeah. It's brilliant. Okay, and just to kind of want to encourage you on that. And the last thing, because Ali's looking at me, the last thing, John 17, Jesus prays for all of his believers, and he says, I pray that they will be one. They will be one, that unity would exist. One, because unity is good, but two, because there's something about that, that Ali's just said, that shows something to the world that we live in. It shows something beautiful, shows something wonderful, and I think at the minute, actually, when you look at what's going on, that's quite a power. We, we might be coming into a time where it's quite a, a prevalent light. Mm. And uh, I don't want to talk too much, but, you know, yeah, being no, a great. body, being a family together. Good. It's a powerful thing. I will stop there because Ali said No, no, good. it's fine. I just had another thought that, actually, if someone comes around to my house, whose responsibility is it to host those that come and visit? Actually, it's my whole family. It's not just on Lewis, not just me. So, actually, it's just a prompt, really, for us as family. If you call this place home, if, if this is your home here... Please be aware of those people that are visiting us because you have got a responsibility as this is your home. And people come here, actually, can I get you a drink? Can I? Anyway, that was just a bit of a... We do love having visitors here. If you're visiting here, you're so, so welcome to be with us. Um, we're actually going to invite a couple of people up to the stage and do a bit of an interview of people who actually would say that they were visitors once, not so long ago, and they've been integrated into church life and they're now even leaving a connect group, leading a connect group... <laughs> Just, yeah, leaving, that's not good, is it? Like, all their connect group are going to be like, oh, no, who's going to lead in now? So they're leading a connect group. So why don't we just give a really warm uh, welcome to Mike and Jackie Sherwood as they come up just to share with us. Great. Hi, Mike and Jackie. I feel like Hello. I'm on a TV show. I do. I feel like I should have a shirt. Mike and, and Jackie, on. come on down. <laughs> so, you guys haven't always been a part of Kings and that kind of stuff. How long have you been coming to Kings? 
how many years? Five and a half years. Five and a half years. Yeah. So tell us what it was a bit like, kind of, on your first Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Do you, do you remember first coming along to Kings and that kind of stuff? What was your, what was your kind of feeling? So I think when, when we first came, uh, it, it, for me it was by complete surprise. Uh, Jack, Jackie had been coming to Tots and um, said, oh, I'm going to go along on Sunday. And I said, I think I'll come with you. So I, I came along. I, to be honest, I thought everyone was nuts, if, I, if I'm honest. But uh, I, I kind of came home and I thought, I'm definitely coming back next week. And for, for me, it's then just over the next few weeks, the thing that, that struck me was just how welcoming everybody was, just how much people were willing to introduce other people, uh, help, help us find people in a similar situation and just, yeah, just welcome us into the church. And uh, it, it took a long time to get my head around my faith and to to explore that and throughout the journey everyone just was encouraging no one ever put any pressure on us and and it just made it really easy and I just knew straight away that we just wanted to keep coming back again and again. Fantastic. Jackie if I could maybe ask you so Paul similar questions I guess what Paul asked me is what does now being part of this family mean to you what difference has it made to you in the family's life? Oh it's a huge difference we um yeah, like Mike said, we started coming along and everybody was just so welcoming. Um, I remember you, added actually, you, you came up to us, your mum introduced you and you were like, you should come around for dinner. And we were just, people don't do that, like out, outside of church. And it was just so, so lovely. And just to meet people that were in the same situation as us with, with young children. Um, and like you were saying, it's like, it's a community. It's a community of people and such different people. So we've got people that are really like us, and we've got a lot in common with, and then we've got, like you said, we're just friends with people that we would never have met outside of church, but they just bring so much to the table. And with our connect group, it's like there's such a diverse um, number of people in it, but it just, it just makes a family, and it's just, yeah, it's just wonderful. How is your kind of, how is your connect group like, Either of you, both of you. How has your connect group kind of helped increase that kind of feel of family? Do you know what I mean? Is there something good, like what's good about it that, that's encouraged that? Well, yeah, well, we were part of a, um, well, it was a, called a community group then before connect groups were really launched. So straight away we um, got introduced to Gary and Michelle. And that, that was huge for us at the time because it gave us, because Kings is so massive, it gave us a small number of people just to start with and get to know. Um, and then when it became connect groups and we sort of pretty much stayed with them haven't we and um and some people have gone and other people have joined and just get to know people on a more intimate level so i think um yeah although, although we may host a connect group now the, the the connect group is is not about us it's about all of the people in there and and actually we've, we've just got such an amazing group and and so many different talents and skills and it actually is, is just so nice to connect with all of them on a regular basis and just to feel like we've got a safe space to explore our faith, to just do life together, to talk about the challenges we have. So uh, it, it's, I think, like Jackie says, it's such a big place that it's very easy to, on a Sunday, just, just get a little bit lost in the numbers of people. But actually, connect groups give you that chance to, to just really get to know a group of people much better and, and, and to, 
to just be able to explore your faith and to pray together and to worship together. And our, our Connect group, in one way or another, has been going, well, probably four or five years that we've been in it. And it's, uh, the friendships that we've made from that have just been amazing. Brilliant. Thank you so much, guys. Why don't we just give these guys a big thank you? When I, uh, when I text these guys during the week and say, did you fancy coming up and just chatting about your experiences? Uh, Mike, Mike sent me a message back saying, only if Jackie can do a song. <laughs> to which I think the response was, only if Mike does a dance. <laughs> but uh, that's fine. Anyway, okay, so that's, that's kind of family. We're going to just move on to um, the second thing that we're going to chat about, which is this whole idea of being transformed. It talks a lot about, in the Bible about transformation, being transformed. So, Paul, transformed. Go. So we said about this, uh, if only I, you know when you watch Transformers, anyone seen Transformers? And they make that noise when they go from a car to a robot. I would love to be able to do that noise. See, but I you can do, do the robot dance, right? No. You told so, me this week. Let me talk about people. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, what are we doing? Go on. Transformed. Being transformed. Okay, so this is something that um, I'm quite, I, I, this is something about the gospel and, and the work of God in our lives, I'm, I'm really passionate about, I'm, I love it, and I, I'm fascinated by it. So for me, being transformed, um, it, whenever it's like transformed, go, describe what that means. I always come back to when Jesus was teaching Nicodemus, and he said about being born again. For me, that's the start. So when you become a Christian, it's like something, it, something does genuinely change within. And sometimes it's difficult to explain what that means, what that looks like. I forgot to bring it, okay, but if you imagine, a, you know what a Russian doll is? So a Russian doll is like, it starts that small and it keeps being surrounded and surrounded by more and more and more dolls. It's, it's kind of like about 20 layers around a Russian doll. For me, it's simply this. What it means to be born again and this idea of transformation is you've got this Russian doll that's got about 30 different layers on it. And what, almost what happens is when you become a Christian, it's like, the, you know that small one in the middle? That it's likely to get lost, and you kind of like, you try and pick it up, and it's the size of your small finger. It's a tiny bit right in the center of who you are. It's almost like God starts there. You're born again, right in, in the heart. Something new really begins right at the center of who you are. And then over time, it, it kind of matures, and it grows, and there's this transformation and a process. The Bible like, includes it. It calls it sanctification. Part of the work of sanctification is when you, like, you become a Christian, sins forgiven, and all this kind of stuff. You say, Jesus, yes, I'm going to follow you. You're the one I want to follow. I'm going to turn from going one way, and I'm just going to listen and walk your way. And what the Bible says, as that happens, let me have a look at my notes. What the Bible says, as this happens... That fruit, the kind of, when that happens, the fruit of it, the natural kind of thing of it is sanctification. And it's kind of, you begin to get cleared up. You change. And you change for the better. And I think that's a work of God in our lives. I genuinely do. But I also think we are very involved in listening to what the Bible says and doing. I think it's a partnership thing between us and God. And, and so in my own experience, and I don't know if you get that idea of the Russian doll, but it's almost like these different layers begin to come off and some things change and you see things differently and you change as a person. I am definitely a better kind of me than I was 20 years ago. I wasn't a very overly nice kind of person, but I know the work of God in my life has, has changed me 
genuinely changed me, but it's from the inside out. And so for me, where that leaves me today is, and I, this, I used to kind of try, I don't know if this makes sense, I used to try and be a better person than what I was because I thought that's what being a Christian was about. I don't know if this makes sense about a transformation. But it, now I'm like, I'm, I am who I am now. I am very grateful for, that I'm not the person that I was. Genuinely grateful. That I, but I also know that God's doing more in me. And there's a whole lot more to come. I'm so grateful for the transformation work of the gospel in my life. And the work of the Holy Spirit and, and the Bible. It's, it's just foundational. Is that, is that all right? Yeah, great. Okay. I think for... Um, so, yeah, obviously we're completely new beings. So we've spoken about this, I guess, over the last few weeks with the Following Jesus series. We're completely a new being, but sometimes there's those old behaviours or things, kind of thought patterns that are like layers on our life that you think, man, I've even, you know, you chat to people sometimes, like, man, I just don't know if I'm, if I'm saved, I still struggle with this. And it's like, actually, I think that, that picture of a Russian doll, it's like, no, at the heart of who you are, you're a completely new person. God has radically changed you. You're completely new. You're in Christ. But sometimes these old kind of habitual sins or different kind of behaviours, we need to do battle with them so there's something active about it. I think the thing I love about God is that he's a, he's a 100% finisher. So I've, I've got this kind of thing in my mind, I'm a 90% finisher. So there's, there's different things in my house that it's like I've gone 90% of the way and then the last bit is just kind of it's still waiting to be done. I'm, I'm trying not to look at Lou because she'll say there's lots of things. But there's like, for example, just one little example, there is a door going from our hallway to our kind of open plan living, living room, dining room, and it's still got the plastic on it, and it's still got labels in there saying to be painted, basically. It's nearly two years old, all right? It's like 90% finisher. Jesus says, I'm sure, well, this is what the Apostle Paul says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion, and there's something of Jesus, God, is a 100% finisher. So even in our journey of becoming more and more like in this transformation of our lives, and even as a transformation of us as a church, the Apostle Paul says, actually, we can have faith, we can trust in God that he is a 100% finisher. One day you'll look at the church and say, man, that is a glorious bride. We're not there yet. But you know what? One day we are going to be. We're going to be a, a, a fit-for-purpose bride for Jesus Christ. Why? Because he does something in our lives and he starts transforming us um, from the inside out. I was, um, I was thinking as well, actually, in terms of my transformation, I think you guys and people um, that I've been kind of in relationships with over years have had a bigger influence on me than you realise. Actually, the people that come alongside, and even, I guess, with Mike and Jackie, we're talking about being in a connect group where people can know what's going on in their lives and support them and encourage them. There will be many people in this room that have walked alongside me for decades and I think I'm probably only at the place that I am today in my own personal walk with Jesus because of some of you guys and many others that have invested into me over the years. And that can happen here on Sundays, but also that can happen through connect groups, it can happen through over the pub table, you know, having conversations. It happens in a really natural, organic, relational um, way. Another way that I've found sometimes it happens is even through courses, when we learn stuff together. When a few of us get together and say, this is what I really want to invest my time in, I want to learn about this. And what we're actually going to do now is just play just a two-minute video on one of these courses, which is called um, Living Free, which is basically all about this transformation of our life and how actually just looking at the truth of what God has done and the truth of who we are in Christ can really transform lots of radical areas in our lives. So let's just have a quick watch of that now. 
but I asked someone about it who ran the course and I said who should do it and she said everyone should do it so I thought well I'll give it a go. I'd say that doing the course I've used it in just so many various sort of situations of life in a kind of climate where I think mental health and anxiety and issues like that is it's talked about a lot really I've found that the word of God and, and knowing the word of God and choosing truth has just made such a difference in my life. I was actually very ill for a long period of time. I just experienced like panic attacks, going shopping, and I found that just applying some of the principles in living free completely changed how I was able to handle situations. Just knowing the word of God, I even write Bible verses now on my shopping list. And just choosing truth helped me in these situations where I felt very anxious and not able to just do normal things of life, which I found kind of easy before. I mean, there had been an issue in the past, and I was aware that I had forgiven uh, this person who, say, really hurt me. But I think that when I did that, when we had that particular session on forgiveness, I was helped to just see that. And so the, pur the, the purpose of a course like that and the other courses are literally about our growth and about growing as Christians and about who we are in Christ. And so if, if you want to know any more information about any of the courses or if you'd like to sign up for Living Free, then please head out to the information desk at the end of the meeting and um, get yourself signed up and come along. Um, time for the next question. Alid. Being on the adventure. So this is the next bit about it. Jesus says, come, follow me. So what does that kind of mean? What does it mean? 
So again, I think this is something that we've looked at in the kind of following Jesus series over the few weeks. I think when Jesus says, come follow me, I'll take you on an adventure. Um, I think what we're, what we're saying is basically, Jesus, you're now going to bring the direction to my life. Whereas before, either I'm bringing direction to my life or just the things that are around me. I, I think actually we're all, we're all born disciples. Um, I think that's part of the nature of how we're designed is that we're designed to need something outside of ourselves. Now, we're, we're designed to need God, but actually we're all designed to be disciples, to be like sponges and soak up the things of God. But ultimately what we do in society when people are detached from God is that you take up and you basically follow the, the ways, the patterns of the ways of the world as the Apostle Paul talk, talks about. So we're actually following um, all these kind of things in the world, different ideas and different kind of things. Whereas actually when Jesus says, come follow me, there's this change of, okay, I'm, I need to now put to bed that stuff that I used to follow and I'm going to follow Jesus. I wonder whether actually Jesus' disciples, how many of them, if any of them knew what they were getting themselves in for when Jesus said, come follow me. I'd imagine none of them really had an idea on the adventure that was ahead of them. But one thing is interesting, and I don't, I, I don't know how much they knew Jesus beforehand, but it's interesting when you read through the gospel, it says immediately they dropped their nets and they followed him. And there's something of a, I'm leaving my career, I'm leaving everything of my old life to follow him. Why? Because he can give a direction which is different to what the world um, offers. I think the other thing that when I was just thinking about this question is that um, obviously you, you can't follow him as a one officer lifestyle. Um, but the best way I think I could describe it, or I think the way that the Bible describes it, is that your destination has changed. So there's something of a final destination which determines every road that you take and every turn that you make. So imagine a sat-nav. If I was to say, I want to go to this particular place, I'll put in the final destination, and every road that I take will be determined on where I'm going to. Does that make sense? Every choice, every turning I make is because I'm going to a final destination. And, and what Jesus does, he introduces the whole idea of actually there's eternity with me. Whoever would believe in me shall not perish, but have eternal life. Actually, our destination is changed no longer from the here and now and what I can get and what I need, but actually our perspective, our final destination is something of eternity. Now, why does that matter? It matters hugely because it means that when we go through financial crisis, it means we don't need to worry about what we've got in the here and now because there's treasures in heaven for eternity which will never spoil, never fade, never be robbed. It means, actually, I could be really generous with my money. Why? Because I know that there's something of a treasure in heaven which awaits for me. Um, it means that when we go through sickness or even death, uh, in the Bible it says we don't grieve as those that have no hope. No, because our final destination, we're talking about eternity. We're not talking about the struggles of the here and now. So actually, when Jesus says, follow me, what he says, you need to re-put in your destination as eternity with me. And that changes Every decision I make, everything I do is determined based on eternity with him, if that makes sense. Um, and then this whole thing about being on an adventure, following Jesus is one crazy adventure, absolutely. And I've, I've had moments where I've literally, I've been walking down the road and out, out, out loud, I've just laughed like, God, you are absolutely nuts. Not just because of what I see and what he does, but also the way he talks to me and the way he uses me. So this whole thing of being on an adventure and us as a church being on an adventure, we're talking about an individual thing. So church is not just on a Sunday. You've got to know that. Church is you guys 
So therefore, wherever you find yourself tomorrow morning, on Thursday afternoon, whatever context you are, you are being church. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world in those places. And somehow, through the, just the craziness of God, he says that my spirit is going to be in you. And that means that wherever you go, blessing can go and things can change. So there's a real sense of expectation and anticipation when Jesus came into town. Flocks gathered because they knew something was going to happen. I'm not saying that flocks are going to gather around each and one of us, but there should be an expectation and anticipation in our own hearts that when I go somewhere, I'm, I'm listening and I'm willing for God because I'm following him. God could do something in this moment that could never happen if someone like me wasn't there because actually the odds of blessing changes as soon as I walk in the room. Why? Because I carry Jesus. So that's something about... Anyway, I'm waffling now, but I don't know if you've got anything else to add on to that. So for me, the... Um when Jesus said, come follow me, um, not to get too geeky about it, but um, at that time there would have been a lot of different people like Jesus, like a rabbi saying that to people. But the difference with Jesus was he picked the people that other people wouldn't pick. He picked the normal, everyday kind of people. And what I love is that following Jesus, when he says, come follow me, there's not one person that, that, that doesn't discount. And I absolutely love that. That's why church is a family. That's why Chepet transformate all these different things. When Jesus says, come follow me, we are all in a room together. You won't find another place like it. I'm sure you won't. So many different people from different nations, from different backgrounds, from different classes, all of that kind of stuff. When Jesus says, come follow me, I'm grateful that I have someone to follow. And I think all gathered together, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's a brilliant, brilliant thing. And I love the fact that, actually, I'm caught up in something that's a lot bigger than me. Me following Jesus is bigger than me. It's about my neighbour. It's about the planet I live in. So, as a, so me and Rose, my wife, we've church planted. We've travelled to different countries. And we've been involved in so much different stuff. And the thread all the way through, all the way through, is that hearing, come, follow me. Where are we going next? What are we doing? And this kind of stuff. And, um, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Is that all right? Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so... I've Alpha? Run, I've Alpha? Run, yes, I've run something called Alpha, <laughs> and, um, which is great. Alpha's an introduction to Christianity for um, anyone and everyone that's interested. We just finished one. And we had a, a lady called Jodie who did it last year. And Jodie is actually going to come up. She's been baptised today. Let's give Jodie a round of applause Woo! as she comes up. And... Um, this is Jodie and Michelle. Go on, you go, guys. You go, and um, Jodie actually served on Alpha at uh, this one. She helped with the cooking, sat on the table, and all this kind of stuff. Absolute legend. And so um, legend. I'm here for Alid's support. Gonna ask, Alid's going to and this is Michelle. Michelle's all right. And this I'm is just Michelle. here for support. You, you look like slightly angelic with a light over your head. I Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> okay, so Jodie, for those yeah. people who maybe don't know you that well, could you maybe just share just for a minute on what life was like for you maybe before Alpha last year, yeah. um, and maybe yeah, just maybe a little bit about your background, a bit about yourself, and yeah, what okay. things were like beforehand. Yeah, so um, I was brought up in Hastings. Actually, Michelle and I we met when I was eleven and we met across the road at Helenswood School. And, um, and then a series of events really caused me to want to leave Hastings. And I went overseas um, basically to escape, to be honest with you, some trauma that I had experienced. And I felt like that was the only way I could kind of close that off and try and change things around and make a success of myself. 
And so then that was kind of 10 years of kind of chasing what I felt like society would see me as, as a successful person, and kind of helped me change my opinion of myself because the experiences I'd gone through, I think, kind of tainted who I felt I was. And so there was a real kind of brokenness and baggage there for me. Um, so I was chasing all of that stuff and not realising, like um, Paul just said, you know, where you've got the Russian dolls and the, the person that was right in the very middle was a really scared person and I felt like if I was putting those layers on top of myself, then that one in the middle would be kind of protected. Um, but putting those layers on just meant I was hiding myself more and more and more and people just weren't realising who I was, I wasn't connecting with anyone and so I felt so lost uh, and lonely and isolated. So then there was this really strong pull for me to come back to Hastings. And through all of this, Michelle was always this kind of shining light, this friend that was always there for me. And I know we like, did our own things and stuff, but she was always there in the background, always just so forgiving. And like, even though I was absolutely all over the place mentally, um, she just was there you know, when other people weren't. And I kind of always saw something in her that was so different to everyone else um, that was in my life, secular people. Um, and I think that's really what brought me back. And um, I came to church. I came back in September 2018, and I thought, like, the only way I'm really going to get time to spend with Michelle is if I come to church on a Sunday morning, because she's so busy. <laughs> so I'm just going to come and pretend, and then at least I get to see my mate. Um, and then everyone was just, like, jumping up and down and singing with their hands in the air and talking crazy languages. And I thought, OK, this is, like, all right. <laughs> I'm just going with it. Um, but then um, one day, um, my friend Clive, actually, he sang a song, and it was so beautiful. And then Andrew um, Blank got up, and he spoke, and he said that uh, when he cries and he has these sobs, he knows um, that God hears him. And, oh, my gosh, for me, that was getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Just this powerful force went through my head, down my body, and I was sweating. You held my hand, didn't you? And my whole body was shaking, and I was sweating because... It just took me back to those times when I was overseas, completely alone in my room, just feeling so alone and shaking my bed and thought, he was with me. All those moments, all those times when I was just so broken, he was actually with me. And for me, that was the changing point. And then I went on Alpha and I sat on a table with um, the Garlics, the family of the Garlics. And... Uh, there's just such a lovely family, and they were telling me what God meant to them, and that he's everything, and I could really just see in their eyes, you know, people that I was talking to in church, in their eyes, I could see their soul, and I could see God was in them, and that was unmistakable for me. So um, gradually over the past, since September 2018, people that I've been speaking to in church have been helping to heal me, and so has he, um, and being part of this family is amazing, because... Um, Basically, when I was 18 months old, my, my parents died on the Sabriga ferry disaster, and my grandparents took me and my brother on as legal guardians. And now thinking back, they picked up that cross, you know, and through the past 20-odd years, bring us up before I left home, they really were the shining example now looking back as to what almost Christianity is about, even though they've not invited Jesus into their lives. Um, and so there's a real depth there for me in terms of what family means and stuff. And I'm just really grateful to be here and now to be, call myself a Christian and to have this lovely lady <laughs> as my friend. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Jesus. Right. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. 
Thank Sounds you. Sounds like, like God, Jesus done a massive work in your life. Yeah. And, and like transformation and change <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was a real experience for you. Are you looking forward <laughs> to being baptised? I am. I mean, I wake up this morning feeling like I was just about to get married. I was like, oh my God, this is what marriage feels like. We can arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my bridesmaid. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Why don't we just say just thank you so much to these guys. <laughs> Brilliant. Nearly landing, just finishing up. So, there's just a few things. I, I, I think this morning you've probably had a bit of a taste of some more of the things that we want to do. Um, church is us. Church is seven days a week. Um, you would have seen on your chair we've got things like faith stories, cards. Um, and these are things that we'll be very keen for us to start utilising. We really want to share what God is doing in the everyday. Why? Because it matters. Um, even in those things that you might think are quite insignificant or small, um, you just, you know, it would be great for us to share more news of these kind of things um, that are going to be happening. Um, so the last thing I want to do very quickly, and then uh, if you're a parent and care of, of people that kind of live into, uh, well, the under-11s, should I say, the kids' work. We'll go and get the kids, and then we're going to do baptisms in, in a few minutes. Before we do that, I just wanted to introduce some of the core team of people that are kind of running our morning meeting, just so you know. Because it's not that it's just Lou and myself, it's not just me, Paul, and the guys. Actually, was, there's a team of people that are here, that are here for you, to support you. Not just to make these kind of things happen, but actually pastorally, to own this thing and to make it work. So if I just invite them up, um, and then, well, yeah, we could give them a bit of a round of applause, because they do give their time and their commitment to this as well. So we've got Phil and Joe, we've got Gary, Rochelle, we've got Janair, Joe, and Paul, Ros, and Lou, and myself. I don't think I've missed anyone. Why don't we just give them a warm welcome as they come up? It's fine, we're not going to do... Literally, that's all I've got to say about that <laughs> in my notes. No, look, just to say that these guys, they really love you. They really do. And they're here for you. We as a team, we are here to support and, and work with you. And we are just a few of many people that are working in connect groups, doing things all the time. Uh, but just to say, we are here pastorally for you. We're here in terms of leadership capacity on a Sunday but we are open and available for you. So I just wanted to kind of commend these guys, because actually a lot of these guys come with a huge wealth of experience. They come with a huge wealth of pastoral um, experience and love and kindness. So they're, they're people that actually have already been recognised by you guys, either by leading connect groups, doing stuff, even in the past, leading students, 20s, youth, and all kinds of things. They are people that have got a lot of leadership capacity and weight and experience, but also people who have got a heart to lead and to support you guys. So... When you see them, just kind of thank them, but also just be aware that it's actually there's a team of people here doing this kind of stuff. Cool. Okay, so if, you have got, if you're a parent and you've got kids um, in the primary age, feel free now to go and do, do that and go and get them. What the rest of us are going to do, we're going to spend five minutes just praying. Just while they go and collect the kids, the rest of us, we're going to stand and we're going to pray for this kind of relaunch and some of the things we're doing. Thanks, guys. Lou, do you want to lead us in doing that? Um, yeah, as a church, we really value prayer. Um, so our prayer life at the church is called the boiler room. We have certain slots where we come and meet and pray. But what we really want to just, we really value is you guys praying together as a family. Um, so there's three points today, um, being family, being transformed, and being on an adventure. 
what we'd love to do is if you could get into maybe um, threes or fours or something and pray just together um, and just really pray into those areas for us as a morning meeting and for us about going on an adventure and how we can um, speak Jesus into other people's lives. Just for a couple of minutes. Just for like two, three minutes. So. Okay, so why don't we stand up? Let's just gather in just kind of threes and fours, just literally a couple of minutes while we're waiting for the kids to come back, and then we'll do these baptisms. Bands, you might as well come up as well. And if we could put those three prayer points up, that would be helpful, and then we could just have an idea on what we're going to be praying for. Thank you.